says good luck. <laughs> That's a, we just went live and you just said good luck Corey, when we go live. <laughs> it's just like duels, exactly. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> It's episode 343 of the weekly from Pocket Now and X Day Developers, recorded on Friday, the 1st of February, 2019. Oh, it's already February. I can't believe it, yeah. I know. Welcome to the shortest month of the year, everybody. And congratulations on getting through what seemed to be the longest week of mobile tech news. Clearly, we have a lot to talk about on this episode. We're pushing forward on all of the things that make us go from 5G to foldables to whatever we can come up with, or really whatever the industry can come up with, because everything's coming out the woodwork these days. I am, of course, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? And I'll take the opportunity to wish everyone a happy Lunar New Year as well, which begins on Tuesday. So yes. just a few days from now. So next yeah. week, there's going to be celebrations all over the place. <laughs> Um, I personally, as a Filipino, don't get those red envelopes, but, you know, if anyone wants to throw one my way, I'm, I'm, I'll take it. Well, you can <laughs> have, have some of the ones from my house, my friend. We celebrate oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I can't eat mooncake, though. Let me just say that. Um, yeah. So I will be spending some time with my family after the show, not necessarily for Lunar New Year, but um, I'm definitely ready for my lunch. So let's get into our show. <laughs> TK Bay is back with us in place of Brandon for this week. How's it going with you, man? I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, I'm happy to be able to join you guys one more time. I, I always love being able to join the show. So thanks for having me. You're not outside this time. <laughs> no, I, I will. Not, I, I do apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. I, I thought I could actually be very versatile, you know, ultra book, go outside, sit and do. Yeah, no. This time I nice try. I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Jaime is going to be uh, joining us when he gets a chance to later, obviously. As, as anybody who watches the show knows, his internet tends to be a bit of a thing. Oh, there you go. I was there just talking about how bad your internet is, Jaime. <laughs> so there we go. Jaime is back. Uh, we'll go ahead and just give him a wave as he gets set up. And we're also introducing somebody new from the Matrix. I mean, the Matrix. <laughs> and and if you can't tell, he is in New Jersey. We're talking to Max Buondono. Did I say that right, by the way? Buondano. Bondano. Okay, because yep, I have he'll 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 butcher my last name all the time. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot I cannot roll my R's. And this one I was reading it like completely phonetically, like every letter. <laughs> Buondano. But, 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 but has anybody made the proper introduction? Like welcome to the real world. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no. But everybody gets my last name wrong. It's a known thing. Like my dad suffered with that his whole life. It's a you know. No big deal. Welcome welcome to my world. <laughs> it's okay. I, I think I have... I don't have anybody beat, but it's funny. My middle name is Briones, and oh, everyone really? always pronounces it Brownies. So that's well, yeah. that's a, and, and, and that's the thing. Briones is a last name. It's not a middle name. Yeah. It was my, mom, my mom's, my mom's uh, previous name, of course. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So now, uh, now that everybody is in, let's go ahead and get into our stories. Um, okay, so we normally have a, a worksheet that we use in order to look at all of the stories before the show goes live uh every week i get a little bit excited um to like go through the stories pretty quickly i get to the office uh earlier every single week to go through all of them and i think it's going to be a nice easy show this this one may not <laughs> this one might be a little different 
There's a lot to talk about, not only because some of the stories we're going to talk about at the end of the show actually made it onto local news. That's how big that story is. But for now, we're going to get into a lot of uh, little pieces of information that we might be getting during MWC. After all, Mobile World Congress is in a few different uh, is in a few weeks, and we're getting a lot of different leaks and announcements that might be happening. And the first one that we're going to look at is by Sony with the Xperia XZ4. All right. Anybody in this, uh, I, I know that Jaime, you haven't because I was the one who did the review on the Honor, but have any of you other two used the new Honor with Sony's latest sensor that's at 48 megapixels? I can't see. I have no yes. idea what you're nope. talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking you're about. TK, you, you have two phones. Can I have one? Thank you. <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, they took that one. They took the red one back. <laughs> oh no! One of the so oh, they, they, there was a giveaway going on, and the other unit was for the giveaway. So I actually personally ah. hand delivered that unit back to them in Paris. How dare oh, they? Oh, I, I I've never had separation anxiety as much as when I give phones away. I don't know why. It just it's it's like <laughs> I feel like brother. giving part of me. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it they're very nice. Yes, I've I've spent quite a quite a amount of quite a good amount of time with that phone. Definitely. Yeah, same. And um, okay, TK, quick thoughts from you about just how fantastic is that camera, photo-wise at least. Photo-wise is just it, it. The way to describe it, this is by far the way I, I envision trying to take pictures with with phones. The reason behind that is the ability to shoot a forty-eight megapixel image, and you don't have to worry about zoom or worry about any kind of cropping. You just take that forty-eight megapixel megapixel image and then crop to whatever you want. The composition is yours. You're able to just fit everything you want, um, mm -hmm. it, and it's it's something that I've I've learned from Jaime even from before with shooting video. You know, shoot in 4K but render in 1080p because then you have more control into what you're doing in the image, and it just does it so well. Um, I like the AI uh, clarity that they have in there, uh, and I had a fun time taking pictures with it in Paris. Um, of course, we were snowed in, but you know, it was it definitely it's a pleasure. It's nice to see something so good. And just unexpected because you don't really think it was going to be that good till you have it in your hand. Yeah, so I, I echo a lot of those thoughts as well. I mean, it's um, it's a fantastic sensor being used in a very effective way, partially mm -hmm. because Honor has such a close relationship with Huawei, so a lot of those features make it onto that sensor. So Some of them my think, yeah. Yeah, my, my final thought in that review was I can't wait to see what everyone else does with this sensor. And now here comes Sony saying we're gonna one we're gonna one up it even further. So apparently, according to a Japanese publication, we're not going to get just that 48 megapixel sensor that is in the Honor View 20. Potentially the XZ4 is going to have something of 52 megapixels. Whoa. And I'm I'm kind but they of they haven't announced that sensor, so I'm kind of skeptical over what it is. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But the thing is, well, the reason why I wanted to bring up what TK was saying about the honor is because even if it's not 52 megapixels, the 48 megapixel that is official is already pretty great. So I don't know. The Xperia might be a very exciting phone uh, at MWC. Yeah, but, but 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 how about if we get the Sony camera with Huawei software on that thing? Because yeah. like Sony software is like trash. It's like <laughs> Sony is like one of those companies where it's like if Qualcomm made a phone, but they wouldn't know how to take advantage of their own processor. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. Sony. Yeah, that is Sony for you. That is true. Um, now, uh, Max, the uh, um, Sony Sony phones. What's the last Xperia that you've used? I have never used an Xperia phone, believe it or not. 
This has got to be the first one. I think right now is probably the best time to try it out because not only the sensor, but also because, I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of stuff happening this year that hopefully will enhance Sony phones to the point where they become really, really compelling because right. over the last number of years, you, you may not know this, Max, but they're kind of the same every single year. <laughs> like, I have I have noticed that just from my own research and everything. Like I've, you know, they stick with the same, I want to say like rectangular body. But like they don't use the same sort of design language as like a iPhone or whatever with like curved corners and stuff. It's always like this super boxy thing. I've tried getting units of it and stuff, but sometimes I'm just like, I'm not even going to bother. It just looks weird. <laughs> and yeah. don't don't bother. Like it takes forever to get units from these guys. And then like I did the review on the XZ3 and and on the XZ2, and I was like, all right, these phones are good. They feel great and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just I'm trying to understand like. Glass is not made by Sony, like the metal's not made by Sony, meaning, you know, these are this yeah. is not what they're good at. What they make is camera sensors, and that's the part they get wrong. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I am I am in the process of trying to get a a, a View 20 unit like TK has because nice. just just the design is very attractive to me. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really actually. I'm it so, I'm, so I'm buddies with uh, uh, Rich at Neowin, and he just got one. So I was asking him about it and stuff, but I'm just like looking at it in his video. I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks sick. Mm. So I'm working on it, but we'll see. Okay. Well, this this is again, this is a leak, a rumor. Well, I, we'll call it a rumor because I, I can't even really say it's a leak because we, I mean. We can't really corroborate it and whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we'll we'll just say it's a rumor for now. But my point is, it may be fifty two, it may be forty eight. In either case, it's probably going to be pretty great, uh, because we've already experienced the forty eight, mm-hmm. as I as I said earlier. Now yep. let's go to something that is actually pretty much official, and that is, um, we're going. We're going. We're one upping literally every little part of a phone that we possibly can. So here comes Samsung. <laughs> with <laughs> this is ridiculous. Keep going. Do you need one terabyte in a phone? No. No. It, it, well, remember I, I, like, it was one of their like taglines for the Note Nine too. Remember, it, this is the phone that you'd be able to put a five twelve on top of the five twelve. That's true. Yeah, but you can't. You couldn't buy a five twelve. No, back no. Back then, you had no. no. No, you know, and so it's like, I don't know. It's great. It's bragging rights. And this is what Samsung does. See, Samsung makes chips and they're good at it and they build them into their phones. They get it right. It's that's just the way it is, man. I I don't know. I I like I have one terabyte on this laptop that I use for work. Mm -hmm. Um, The only reason I need one terabyte is because of ProRes. When you render in ProRes, it's like, shoot, like it'll eat up your hard drive in a couple of videos. But you just you the advantage of ProRes is it's such a large pipe for you to throw in all media Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's just lossless format. It's great. Mm -hmm. But that's this is where you need it. Like if you're editing a video like I could totally see myself using an iPad uh, with one terabyte because of the like minus 256. I do a lot of the thumbnails that we do. I use a lot of that software. And so for that, plus I want to start doing my vlog editing on that iPad Pro. That's where I need one terabyte. But on a phone, it's like, nah. What am I going to throw in there? Yeah. Uh, Max, you 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 flashed an iPhone a second ago. What, which uh, which model is that? This is the uh, the 10s. I have this. It's actually on loan from Verizon. But um, I've enjoyed it. It's got 64 gigs of storage on it, though. So I mean, so I'm... so that's the thing. Like, I to get even more, you got to pay mm-hmm. way more. Is that gonna? Do you think that's gonna be the case with Samsung with this one terabyte thing? Oh, absolutely. But 
the thing is, I like I would strongly advise anyone not to ever buy a terabyte of storage in their phone. <laughs> they will never use it. Like I'm just general people, like the general consumer. Mm-hmm. To like I have problems trying to fill up a 128 phone. Like I have a OnePlus 6T and mm-hmm. like I've maybe filled that up 35, 40% of the way. So just mm-hmm. imagining and, 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 a terabyte is just it's ridiculous. But and then the price tag, it's like sixteen hundred dollars. Oh, of course. Give you an idea. It, yeah. Like like if you want to boost so here's the thing. So if the retail price of that phone, let's assume let's assume that the retail price of that phone is uh one thousand dollars. Let's just make up that that's the price tag. Sure. Sixteen hundred dollars. Oh my god, if I want to get one terabyte on a MacBook Pro, it's four hundred dollars. Oh. Why is sixteen why is six to eight hundred dollar premium over one terabyte? I see well, what you're okay. saying. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like like okay, this this particular one terabyte drive, um, if, if this chart is to be believed, the read and write speeds are pretty fantastic. They're not that much higher than the previous one. But what I'm thinking of here is that it should be these read and write speeds for like 128 gigabytes or 256 gigabytes. It should be that, mm-hmm. and um, because then, then it's not like if Android can take advantage of read and write speeds that are that crazy either, man. Well, perhaps so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's definitely better than using an external uh, SD card, which will that. potentially well, have yeah, slower write, read and write. So, um, but what about incentives? Like, wouldn't Samsung like if you're gonna get a one terabyte hard drive, um, flash memory, whatever, inside of a inside of a phone like this, why not give some incentives? I know everyone got really mad that there was like preloaded content on certain phones and whatnot, but this would be an interesting way of making people actually enjoy one terabyte by putting things like Fortnite in there or a lot of movies <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> or and YouTube. Then, and, you'll you know. have, and then you'll have 980 gigabytes left. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like... Yeah. How about you, TK? How do you feel about the uh, the storage option here? I, I think yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you guys. I think it's way way overkill. I think the 512 model of the Note 9 was a hard one to even try to fill up. I tried. Um, it's one of those. You got that one? Oh my I, god! I, I if you if you check out the channel, I get to play with a lot of things. I uh, I had a chance <laughs> to play with that one, and it was one of those you need to. There's just no way. But the problem is that you also still had expandable storage. So that's the other thing. My question that I'm maybe looking slightly deeper on that one is, if they offer the 1,000 terabyte internal drive, are they considering removing the internal storage expansion? Is it is that in lieu mm. of it? You know, like when they go with higher storage, because they want to say, well, look, you don't need to worry about it. You don't need the SD card anymore. This will take you years to fill up. You, 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 they did you that with the, the SA, you know, didn't they? I think it's seven. No, 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 no. no. It, it, this, no the they, Note they 9. Never remo- they did it with the S6. Oh, S6. That was the one. Okay. And that was the reason it, why they did it. That was just what TK said. They said that the, the, the memory would not be, or the storage would not be fast enough for what they were trying yeah, but, to give. But back then in, the, in those days of Android, like there was a substantial difference. And, and the, like you could load apps on the SD card and they would just bog them down. And so it would just throw the experience out the trash. It, that and was it's the still, reason. yeah, no. So, I think 512 is overkill. 256, I think, is, I would say for me, about the sweet spot that I'd like to say that that's a good one. Because whenever you're testing the phone, like for what we do, and you try to go out and shoot a lot of 4K, a lot of pictures, and go on an actual trip to kind of get all that content, uh, you want to have that buffer room. You want to be able to say, look, I'm never going to fill it up. 
64 should just go away. I don't think 64 no. should exist. This is not a yeah. 64 should go away. All right, no, Google. 60, no, 64 <laughs> should totally go go away. Indeed, but like the problem is when you have devices like the OnePlus 60 McLaren, yeah, where you get 256 gigs for 699. 699. It's like I'm totally 10 with you gigabytes on that one. of RAM. 10 gigabytes of RAM and 256 gigs. And you're not going to fill those up, man. Like, like the only phone where I see myself filling that up and uh, judge me all you want is with an iPhone 10s or 10s Max. I could, I would want one of those with a terabyte because of their video capability. It's like their codec for 4K at 60 is second to none in mobile. So nice. I could totally see I could totally see myself vlogging permanently with an iPhone just because of the codec, and then that storage would be useful for me for that. You know, the the thing about it, like galaxies are good. Like they're they're scratching great when it comes to video, but it's like when you grab a video between again a Galaxy a Galaxy Note 9 and an iPhone 10s, man, shoot, I'll pick the 10s. Yeah. It's that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, so as we keep the train rolling on features that were just one-upping uh, during MWC, uh, LG is looking to bring 5G to their, not the G series, though that probably would have made some sense, but, <laughs> but LG is looking to bring 5G to their V series, and that's the phone that potentially will be going on Sprint. Now, we've talked about 5G like crazy. We know that's going to go on Sprint. Whether or not that's actually a good thing or something that we could look forward to, that's all stuff we've talked about before. But this is my question to everybody. What, is 5G enough to bring the V series this far forward in the release cycle? Isn't the, wasn't the V series an IFA exclusive type of phone? Like, this is early. Right. And so you imagine that they'll just show it off and they'll announce it and we'll get it on Talifa. <laughs> That's true, huh? <laughs> That's very possible. Isn't it? Last year, they also did that whole V35 thing where they played that little nomenclature, you know, they, but the reality is, yeah, I think what Jaime was saying is this is more of a proof of, hey, we kind of did it just to say that we could do it and, you know, it won't be available because they need, they need the infrastructure. They need to be able to actually deploy it correctly. True. Yeah. No, and, and, and 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 this is like this is like the punch hole race where it was Samsung and Honor and all these companies announcing the phone first, uh, but you know in the end nobody had launched it yet, and so that's what LG is doing. They're just going to announce their phone first, but for what? I mean, unpacked is going to happen how many days before the LG event? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Four days before the LG event, and we know Samsung's <laughs> going to do the same. So it's like, yeah, what? You know, yeah, Max, are you on the five uh, G hype? Are you are you uh, get hype on five G? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> none of it matters to me until like next year, and then you know, then I'll start getting hype. But until then, like you know, the only person rolling out five G at this point is AT and T, and that's not even five G. So mm -hmm. like, it's not yeah. going to reach anybody, and it's not going to reach anybody where it matters until like next year. So yeah. I'm not going to ride true. on anything, but I do want to say one thing about this V50 thing. I certainly hope they do not call it a V50. V50 thing like, Q, my friend. Whatever. <laughs> they better Sorry. not, I swear, because the rumor says it's going to have a six-inch display and all this stuff. Uh, Qualcomm, uh, 855, 4,000 million power battery. I think this is going to be like a, a V45 or something, like they did the V35 from last year. Yeah. And then save it the probably... V50 for IFA. 
Personally. Yeah, it probably should be to be honest, because if if these if these uh, leaks are to be believed, mm-hmm. the, these phones in 2019 are gonna probably be the only ones with notches. Yeah, it's like what, you're already behind, and that exactly. that just disapp- that honestly just disappoints me a little bit. Like now, not to say that the notch actually breaks functionality in any which way, but it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like you look at it and you're like, oh man. No, I agree. So, I, no, but, I agree. But yeah. how about but how about if we get another LG? This is gonna be the LG V40s Plus. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you no, you remember you, you remember Josh, you remember when we went to the briefing last year? Yeah. At, at MWC and they were like this is the LG V30s plus thank you. We were expecting to get a G7 at that event, at that briefing and then it was like what? Yeah. And they were like, and we were like this? what exactly is different here and they're like AI and color. <laughs> like, same processor, same specs. Oh, you get different colors. Yeah. But you get AI. Mhm. That's when the Think Q thing was was introduced. Was you up. can imagine how well that presentation went. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of ridiculousness, um, have you guys been looking at these uh, iPhone renders that have these ridiculous, like the their own version of the stove on the back of their phone? Like, oh yeah. This, but but can you can you imagine Apple designers like looking at these concepts and renders and being like, hmm. Maybe we should do that one. Yeah, that one looks good. <laughs> or how about or how about if we do that one? Because it's so early right now. We haven't even started designing, and these guys are already creating renders for this thing. Yeah. Like seriously. This is the most ridiculous looking thing. And I hope it's not the case. Because number one, stove. Number two, the, the camera hump. Like that entire thing is just it's, it's just it's a just it's a massive hump. <laughs> <laughs> right. The hunchback. Well, that's what we're gonna call it. Yeah. Well, okay. So potentially there might be a new camera that will uh, that will appear on the back of uh, the latest Apple devices uh, that uses laser technology, maybe a time of flight camera, but a laser laser technology to sense object detail and proximity. Um, those are things that we've didn't seen. L- in Android didn't phones. LG had an L- didn't LG have a like a laser sensor since like the G three? Yep. Exactly. Laser auto focusing has been there exactly built in since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it could be multi without setups. without without a hunchback. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the uh, so potentially the other uh, the other rumor about this is that iOS 13 is going to get a dark mode, but perhaps to the dismay of a lot of users who have been very loyal to Apple over the last number of years, there might be an actual change to the port on the phone, going from Lightning to USB-C. Now, I Jaime, you're the happen. first. Sorry. Okay, TK. Actually, you know what? Let me let me go to you real quick then, because Jaime over there is actually experiencing this change with his iPad Pro. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah that's a problem. There you go. Oh, oh well, okay, so, okay. Like, well, so for me, I, I I'm more for uni- universal ports. I mean, we don't want to keep going between different cables. All of Android is already on USB-C. I, I, audio peripherals are all starting to come out with USB-C. Um, we have USB-C on uh, you know GoPros and so on. Apple needs to kind of, we need to just have one format and make it simple and not having to carry all of these things on top of the fact that we have to carry dongles with our laptop. So to me, having that move, I think will make it better for us. But I didn't know that there were people, you know, that there was concerns with the, uh, the, the way with the iPad Pro. So please do tell, Jaime. So, so, so the, the problem is it's not the connector. It's what the connector does. Okay. It's, it's like, all right, so I have flash storage here. I want to connect it to my iPad because I want to throw in some video that I want to throw into my vlog, and boom, it doesn't work. You know? Yeah. yeah. You have problems like that. And then the other problem you have is obviously there is this like crazy ecosystem of lightning-based made-for-iPhone MFI products. Yeah that now don't work on USB-C because Apple has not created a female 
lightning to male USB-C connector. And there isn't any yet. And so like, for example, the microphone that I use for the daily, I can no longer use it on the iPad because I can't connect it to USB-C. And these MFI services only work on lightning. So if you have anything that's MFI, like if you if you wanted to connect that iPad to one of those smart speakers that you find in any hotel room, mm -hmm. they don't work. No. Like, and there is no adapter. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the biggest question is, like, it's not that I care about what's going to happen with with the future of MFI. It's I care about what happens with all the accessories that I have right now. Like, I know a lot of people, like a really good friend of mine is a musician, and he connects, he uses this Apogee connector, which is not cheap at all, to connect yeah. this guitar and to connect his, his, his uh, organ. And none of these things work now. And so that's the reason why he hasn't upgraded to the new iPad. He wants it, but he's like, but what am I going to do with my stuff? You know, that would be my that would be my thing, too, that uh, the move to USB-C basically makes every peripheral, every accessory that you had in the past just wasted money. And I, I as much it's weird, right? Like when USB-C was first coming out, everyone was complaining about it because they didn't want to change their standards. They didn't want yeah, to change right. their cables. This would be the same exact argument for anybody who currently has Apple phones. Like, Max, you're rocking a 10s. What if the yeah. 10SS or 10S2, 10, I don't know what. 10S2. What if, the 10SS. Yeah. yeah. I like what, that. If that, what if that changes things up for you? Like, Well, to be honest, I'm not too heavily invested into the Apple ecosystem, like, by any means. So, like, I'm a big Android guy, and I only have USB-C okay. cables. So having an, uh, an iPhone in my life invading that with its lightning connector it gets annoying so if if apple puts a usb-c port on the next iphone i will buy it instantly just it would just the be the best it would be the best poke in the side by apple to make of like oh hey we moved to usb-c here's an adapter for your lightning yep. <laughs> here's no, an adapter fine. for all your that's lightning fine. cables that you like honest, honestly it's fine again my problem with usb-c on iphones is not like, I think USB-C is probably one of the coolest inventions. I love using them on my MacBook Pros. I love that all Windows laptops are moving except for the Surface. I don't know why. Um, so don't get me wrong. I like the move. What I don't like is, again, Apple's implementation on iOS devices. Yeah. In the case of iPads alone, like, fine. I don't care if I can't connect Flash. Well, I do care. It's just Apple really needs to figure out a way to sandbox files out. I think that's the term. I don't. I'm probably wrong. but. Like, I don't care if they don't want us to access the file system, but they need to figure something out because if the biggest, does anybody, well, none of you use Macs, but I remember when I bought a Mac, oh, you do? You do, TK? So I remember, when, was, I, I remember uh, when I bought a Mac, Yeah. Mm -hmm, I remember when I bought a Mac originally, mm -hmm. my first concern is, are all my things from Windows going to work on the Mac? Yeah. And so the biggest selling point, like the first thing that I looked on YouTube was, does this work? And I was relieved to see, and, and a lot of people would be like, oh, this, the, they work the same. That's all great. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you have different implementations of USB-C on iPhones, this is really frustrating for people that, that are considering switching. So yeah. not all, all USB-C uh, protocols are created equal. That's what people need to know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it, it, it may look the same, but it won't function the same. And you're, you're right. You're right. And, and I that, that, in my opinion, I think that's Apple's misstep there with with the iPad Pro specifically because this is a creation tool. A lot of people will use it. It's not just a media consumption tool. Uh, that adapter should have been either invented or at least included in the box to, to at least accommodate the existing user base. They did it when they moved from the 12-pin connector to the Lightning. Remember, exactly. it was the whole, what do you do? But they included options in 
you know, that transition was hard, but it because we moved to something better. Thus, USB C. But there were adapters. That's the thing. Everybody, like, in, you know, there was an adapter to thirty pin. Exactly, and that's, great, and that's what they need to do. They they need to keep their consumer base. Uh, they need to make take care of their consumer base. I think that's the better way. And uh, I I personally love my Mac. I'm nothing against Windows PCs. I just from a from a reliability standpoint, I can tell you that I've had almost no crashes within the last two years on my MacBook Pro. Not to say that Windows bad. It just you can depend on it. It works. You turn it on and it works. It works great. Fair. And uh, uh, one one last thought on this for USB-C. If, in a perfect world, every US, for me at least, every USB-C port would be Thunderbolt 3. It, it, it adds another wrinkle in the confusion oh, that is USB-C. I, I know why you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, because the thing is, like, I do use an eGPU on this MateBook in order I wanna to, to like do gaming. I want to build one like that. I want to build an eGPU. You've made me want to get an eGPU, man. There you go, because gaming yeah, it's just it's just more fun. And the yeah. thing is that um, there are there are other ways of getting that kind of gaming performance out of it. And Apple's throwing their hat into the ring. So there is um, could could you see Apple actually being, or rather the service that they're creating? It would be the Netflix for gaming. I don't think I like that term, but I kind of see where Apple's coming from with this because apparently a new service is going to come out that will allow for games to be played via a streaming service. Now, there's there's a reason why I actually kind of like this. Even though I'm not an Apple user, even though I don't use Macs, I can see this being a thing because anyone who does game on the regular can't usually do it on a MacBook. No. Streaming is the way to do it. So that kind of makes it, sense to me, actually. Well, that that's NVIDIA's implementation, too. They did the GeForce Now um, implementation <clears throat> for on the Mac. That's one mm -hmm. of the great ways yeah. of playing. It's, it's streaming. It's, it's, we're, I do believe cloud gaming is going to be a big, big player in the near future, specifically with uh, you know AAA titles, new games, specifically with people that just don't want to invest in the hardware, but yet still want to be able to get a great experience. Uh, it you guys work. know that Google, Google did one, right? Google has Google Stream right now. I, I tried to get in. I couldn't get in. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm hoping it does actually you know, take off out there, other than just the initial uh, test that we saw. But it would be amazing if we have some kind of a streamlined process that allows us to, again, like I said, because not everybody's going to be buying the, the, the higher end models and they want to maybe play some really good titles. And I feel like streaming and if they can do this game fly of, of you know, Netflix of a system. <laughs> game uh, fly. That, that is a, that's a throwback right there. Yeah. The, when you, you said, <laughs> you know, Netflix, we're going like, wait, what happened to Gamefly? Oh, yeah. It's not yeah, online. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> are you, uh, no, are you a big I... gamer, Max? Sorry. I, I want to make sure we get Max in on yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. I've, no. <laughs> to answer your question, no. Why am I always the only one who does? <laughs> You're teaching me things, but no, I'm I'm completely against gaming on streaming, man. I I haven't I tried know. it yet. I've been hearing some good things though, depending on your so, internet connection, obviously. Yeah, so so my biggest problem is is like I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And so when is it that I want to play a game more? When I'm on a plane and I've got a lot of time to spare. And guess what doesn't work? Mm. You know? Mm. So it's like, you're on a 15-hour flight to China. I want to play a couple of games. And oh, crap. They need to connect. Damn it. That. Yeah. yeah. I, like, for me to be invested in, in gaming, I would need for an option for offline gaming, mm -hmm. which not all games do. And that's the biggest problem. Like, if there was, like, a mode where I could still play something offline, then great. No, that's that's my enough. thinking. I think Apple's just going to, you know, instead of selling individual games, they'll feature a few of them in a package that you can pay monthly for to play like exclusive titles and stuff. You'll be able to download them. That's my thinking. Yeah. But mm. then again, I'm not a gamer, so I don't know. <laughs> it, it, for the casual I gamer, play, I, I think play Alto's Odyssey. That's it. 
Okay. <laughs> Um, the, uh, so Jules brought in a, an interesting thought that maybe you could download down one of the games and then be able to like have kind of like a Steam uh, implementation of mm -hmm. it. But then, yep. of course, there might be some sort of DRM on it. It has to connect to the Internet at some point over the course of, let's say, three to five days. They do that on, uh, on, on Android uh, from time to time as well. Um, the and problem Super Mario with Run. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. The problem with that, in my estimation, is we go back to the original problem. On a MacBook, it's not easy to get these kinds of games to actually install. That's the reason why streaming actually circumvents a lot of those problems that you don't have the specs for it. You don't have the uh, you don't actually have the OS for it, because obviously a lot of these games are not made for Mac OS. Exactly. You know, so that that's that's the one that's the wrinkle in all of this, I feel like. But is, didn't, didn't PlayStation want to do something like that? Like, it yeah, was they have like a uh, PlayStation now. Mm -hmm. They have. Okay, uh, does it work? It does. It does work. I have the worst internet connection at home for that kind of thing, but I have heard from people that it works quite well. Um, and I remember trying to use it one time, use it because they had a PlayStation TV where you could actually stream PlayStation Now to it. So you mm. obviously, you all of a sudden had like the entire library of PS2 and PS3 games via stream. Yeah, and it's a great idea. Like I think it is a great idea because especially now that we live in the world of subscriptions, and that's what PlayStation Now was or is. Um, I haven't done it in a long time though. I still want to get into Google Stream, though. I really wanted to, to try that out. Um, okay, so from the gaming, uh, I don't really have a great seg. Thank you, Jules, for the kudos on the segue on that last one. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't really have a great segue for this one. Uh, but I will say it seems as though, and I don't think anyone's really surprised by this, Android and iOS people are pretty much going to be staying put in their platforms uh, because release cycles for hardware are starting to elongate a bit. There's really no reason to actually change from one platform to the other, or really there's not a whole lot of incentive between the two too often. And as far as this graph shows, as, uh, as Jules is showing right now, a lot of people are just kind of staying where they are. Um, it's Oh, that particular graph, anybody who's watching the live right now, that's from the consumer Consumer Intelligence Research Partners. And that graph basically shows that everyone's kind of just sticking where they are. <laughs> sure. People like what they like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bird chirp or chirp. Chirp. Or... Yeah, I like chirp. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, chirp. I like everybody that I, I know people. I've got friends and probably, you know, sometimes we get extra samples of phones or stuff like that. Uh, and they're, they probably have issues like uh, with their phone. And I'm like... Uh, I think I have an extra one that you could borrow while you get your phone replaced or something. And they're like, oh, what iPhone is it? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's an Android phone. They're like, oh, but I need an iPhone. Like some people are like so invested, man. It's true. And I've, no I've noticed that the less tech savvy that somebody is, the more they, they want to not try something else that's not iPhone. They probably I think that the Galaxy S4 was like the worst introduction to Android. Because I know a lot of people switched to Android with that Galaxy S4, and then they immediately came back. I mean, well, back then, there was a much more compelling case for staying away from Android, if you yeah. could. <laughs> um, man, I'll, I'll always remember those eras. But, okay, so Jules has a really good question here. We can go a little bit into this. I don't want to go too long on this. The war of... And war never changes. The war <laughs> between Android and iOS... Like, was it even worth debating if we're, if if you basically are in your ecosystem and you're never going to change anyway? Because now, whenever we do verses and we ever, whenever we do comparisons between these two ecosystems, it's almost as if it's a crusade to get people to come over to our side. But, you know, no one's going to do that. Like, it doesn't seem like it anymore. Uh, TK Max, your thoughts? <clears throat> iMessage. Oh, God. Why is everyone always bringing I, I, I don't use iMessage. And, and yet, yeah, neither do I. The, 
<laughs> and yet there's a reason why I stick to... I, there's a reason why there's always an iPhone either in my bag or in one of my pockets. There's just... It's uh, social media. Yep. No, I agree. Social In- media. Instagram if, is 10 times better on iOS than it is on Android. It, it's like my it, son. My, my son is one of those people that will never accept an Android phone. He will like, it doesn't matter how old the iPhone is. He oh will God. take it. And so he's got this meme of this like uh, toad in like really, it's like all boxy, like all eight bit yeah, graphics yeah. and everything. And this is, this is what, this is what Snapchat looks like on Android. <laughs> it's 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 true That's though. Accurate. I mean, because they're designed and they're uh, they're first developed on iOS, and then they're later ported over. It's it's just the way that they're focusing on ninety percent of their consumer base. Yeah, Instagram, Snapchat. I mean, I've seen them at events, and the way they talk, you bet they don't even think Android existed. Now, it, it is fair to say that apps are starting to get better on Android. For instance, they have the gotten Pixel, significantly yeah, starting better. to develop more, you know, better experiences for Pixel phones. It still doesn't solve the problem, though, that you know a lot of people, they're not buying Pixels, they're buying Samsungs and LGs and what have you. So hopefully at some point in the future, it gets better. But Yeah, they just need to get prettier. That's what we need with the Pixel. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but the, the thing about it is, no, I will say, like, I have noticed significant changes, not necessarily just on the Pixel. Um, when it comes to Instagram on Android, it's just like, for example, boomerangs on iPhones last twice as much than they do on any Android phone. Like the codec for video, even if they're using like more of the core video and not just creating like a screenshot like they did before, even mm-hmm. so, you will notice stabilization on the iPhone that you won't notice on the Pixel. You will notice dynamic range on the iPhone in Instagram stories that you won't notice on an Android phone. And so it's just, God, man, there has to be something they can do. Like they, they, they do need to fix it because whether we like it or not, like part of our business is social, man. In our case, whether I like it or not, I have to be carrying an iPhone it's at, at, at any point in the day. Right. Fair enough. Oh. And like and like you said, your your son will not do use anything other, other than, than an iPhone. I, I guess the Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, that hurt. Oh, oh, walked God. right into that one, guys. Oh, yeah. I'm here all week. I'm here all week, everybody. Oh, my God. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. And on that note, that's it for the... No, I'm just kidding. No, that's the end. No, cut it off there. Cut it We're off done. There. You won't be able to come back. All right. So from, from that awesome joke... All right, we have, um, okay, how would you actually feel if there was a phone with the with the Energizer logo on the back? <laughs> oh, what, you mean the Energizer? And that the is it for the weekly. My right now? The bunny? Yeah. Yeah, the Energizer bunny. <laughs> like, I would find it a little bit disconcerting that that phone is not thick enough to actually hold AA batteries. I want, <laughs> Dude, what, I, what I don't understand is why you're surprised. There was a KFC phone. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. A, a Pepsi, a Pepsi phone too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember what the. Pepsi I mean, dude, like it depends on your region, man. You'd be shocked. I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't made the move. Seriously. Hmm. Go on your best. I think the Pepsi phone's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. I. I, mean, ha- I. You know what? Put it on the docket. I want to try these phones. <laughs> like, <okay>. I will <laughs> do that. I will. I will absolutely Love try that. that phone out. It would have been perfect to use it for this Sunday. I mean, Pepsi's all over the freaking uh, oh Super Bowl, right? God. So, yeah, true by the way, that. go Rams. Um, anyway, the <laughs> the uh, the I Energizer right phone. Um, the the one thing that kind of gets me about this article is that Energizer, known for batteries, has nothing to say about the battery about this phone. <laughs> it's going to be three to four thousand milliamp hours. That's it. 
Yeah. And I would just love booting up that phone and it's the bunny. Like, the boot up <laughs> animation. Know, you know what, I, you know what I would love? You know what I would love? I would love to try it out for like a couple of hours and then notice that it has terrible battery life. And so you could use the pun. It's like it doesn't keep going and, and go. going and going. <laughs> <laughs> what if they said it's a 4,000 milliamp hour alkaline battery? <laughs> <laughs> It just it's dies like it after keeps, one. It, it keeps dying and um, dying. And <laughs> yes, dying. there you go. All oh right. I'm surprised um, it doesn't have a replaceable battery. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it'll be great. I don't think the times of replaceable batteries are coming back. Yeah, I mean. Oh no, they're not. But it's Energizer. Mm-hmm. It just it would, it it would be their sensory. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, like that would be their claim to fame. Like, oh look, we stuck with a removable battery. Hey, and they have those. Battery. They have those two buttons that you press to see what the level is. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Those are Duracells. Oh my god! <laughs> this is just—it's—it's it's just a reference fest at this point because we're talking about Energizer. All right, that was our news segment for today. We do have a couple of big stories to talk about, um, and we're going to go ahead and get into our little break for a second. The Pocket Now Weekly is brought to you by Triple Byte, the common app for software engineers. If you've been stuck trying to make your resume look nice for that coding job you've always wanted, you shouldn't have to go through all the trouble. And you shouldn't have to waste hours on take-home projects just to hear no answer from the company you're targeting. Triple Byte makes it easy. They partner with over 400 companies like Reddit, Twitch, Adobe, and others to get you a direct connection. You take a quiz to determine your skills, and then you do a general interview. After that, you're just one more interview away from signing in. No one looks at your degree. You don't even need one. All they care about is if you can do your job. And if you can do the job, Triple Byte will give you a $1,000 signing bonus. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you can do the job, Triple Byte will give you a $1,000 signing bonus. Head to triplebyte.com weekly. That's triplebyte.com weekly. All right, we're back and we're back from the break, and <laughs> it's already been it's already been a lively show. Um, by the way, Max, like let's 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 get a little bit of your background for a bit for our audience because obviously you're new to the show. I mean, you're you're new to half of us here, I think. And I think um, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's get a little bit of info, like where you, where you from, what kind of work do you do, like you know, let let our audience know. Oh yeah, sure. So um, I'm just <clears throat> from New Jersey. Um, I've lived in Tennessee, South Carolina. Um, multiple places around the country. Um, basically, when I was 14, I was just looking at technology news sites because I was super into it. I've always loved technology. I've always had a fascination with computers and stuff. Uh, so I started looking at everybody, and they're doing uh, doing tech news. And I was like, I could just do that. So there's a free website builder called Weebly, and I just threw together a sort of like a makeshift technology website where I could just write about Apple stuff. So I started doing that, and it's People started reading it and stuff, but people wanted more, as people do most of the time. So I just expanded it to uh, cover a bunch of different topics in technology and stuff like phones, laptops, basically everything Pocket Now covers and a lot of other people. <laughs> but I just wanted to put my own spin on it because it's me writing it and stuff. Uh, so it was actually originally called Embedded, uh, but in... 2017 i changed it to matrix so i could use embedded as my uh my media company which is sort of in the process of being built mm-hmm. um, i'm working on that but for now it's just matrix uh and it's i've gotten pretty far so i basically just cover uh phone news like i love like you know if you're going to throw together a uh, special phone with like two screens on the back or whatever and three or four cameras on the back like i'm going to write about it 
So I like all yeah. like the interesting stuff in technology and everything. So I just like try to have fun with it and stuff. I try to pump out as much as I can. Um, I've gotten kind of far with it because like uh, I was invited by CES. I was elected as a trailblazer, like journalist. So like they flew me out and stuff. I got to cover it this year. Mm. Um, yeah. So, oh, so you was... had that ribbon on, on, yeah. the, on the badge. Yeah. Well, congratulations yeah, yeah, the for that. Actually, I have mine and it's hanging right here at my desk. I'll let everybody else see it. As you can see, nice. so I was a trailblazer. Yeah, so it was a cool experience and everything. But um, yeah, I'm starting to uh, get somewhere. And I do, I just want to say, like, I wanted to say this at the opening. And I hope I'm not taking up too much time here. Uh, I just want to thank, like, you guys for, like, thinking of me to, like, come on the podcast, especially Jules, because I was in contact with him for a, uh, a CES trail, not trailblazer, uh, a collaboration article that I was doing. And I did invite Jaime as well. Because you did, uh, you did. I never yeah. got your email. It's all right. I mean, I, you know, if you still want to send in your submission, by all means, go right ahead. I'll be happy to update it. Um, but I did, I met right, him at the, the uh, 6T launch, remember? Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, I, I was around. And we, and we, and seven we apologize. feet taller than he was, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And we apologize. I mean, we, we do realize that this is a very crazy show and everything. I mean, we don't, we don't want to. <laughs> Look, we don't I mean, make... <laughs> it was just, it was a pleasure meeting you. And I just, I wanted to reach out just to see if you were interested. But, um, yeah, I did just yeah, want no. to thank you guys because I've I've always loved this podcast. I've always uh, listened to it every week. Just trying to adjust my camera here, uh, <laughs> and it's kind of been like a, a goal of mine to get on it. So it's pretty cool that I'm on it now. Well, you're definitely welcome back. Ah, thank you, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, welcome to the show, dude. And yeah, the um, that's uh, let's go ahead and get into our topics then for this yeah. uh, sec second segment. Um, so for our for our in depth, um, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show I was so. I was so flabbergasted by the fact that these stories actually were making it onto my network television news. Not mine. I mean, my parents were watching and then it came up. <laughs> and I was really, I was really, I was really surprised because this whole, like, this whole thing about Facebook trying to, it's a very invasive thing that they were trying to do. Um, now, whether or not it was actually, um, I, I, maybe I'll use the word illegal or perhaps nefarious. Uh, we can go into debate on that. But but, but basically what, what happened was Facebook was trying to uh, pay. Actually, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be talking they about pay. that one yet. We're talking about something else. We're talking about something else right now. Uh, before we get into Facebook, sorry about that, Jules. We're talking about um, why Apple's revenue tumbled. Uh, with their new <laughs> Jules is like you can switch it's fine it's fine let's talk about Apple first before we get into the Facebook stuff um, I, I was already gearing up for that Facebook conversation were you really okay well we can <laughs> well let's let keep your thoughts in mind because I want everyone to kind of rev up for that one because I think it's going to be a great discussion for now let's go ahead and expound on uh, Apple's revenue actually dropping with their first uh, not first but one of their earnings calls of this year already um, next so... topic <laughs> <laughs> Fine, fine. Well, we did talk about it a little bit before because there was already a projection that the revenue was going to have dropped. Now, Tim Cook uh, tried to give two really big reasons about it, uh, one of them being subsidies from carriers, but also um, – I'm trying to remember what the other one was, but uh, mainly the fact that uh, the iPhones were supposed to be at a quote-unquote great value. <laughs> the, I, I uh, think they're blaming China. Maybe a little bit. Right? Foreign exchange, there, there's one, Jules. Thank you. Right. Foreign exchange, right. also in developed markets, less subsidies. But I don't know. Do you guys all buy it, I guess, is the question I was looking for? Dude, like if, if I had to buy my iPhone XS, like if it had to come out of my money, I would not. Yeah, I would well. not. It's just, I'm like $1,000. 
the it's like base come model, on, man. The base model, yeah, for the sixty. <clears throat> yeah, it's like it's come just... on, man. It's it's like for me, if this were me, and and like, dude, it, like imagine in our case, like most of us, like we like our incomes aren't bad. Um, even even with the ability to pay that much money for a phone, I wouldn't. I have no problem in paying $3,000 for a computer because I get value from it because it serves specific purposes that I've tested cheaper computers and can't do. Mm -hmm. The question is, what can that phone do that makes it cost so much more money, man? It's just Apple is, I, I love how this reality distortion just cut up, caught up on them. I was waiting for it to happen. I told you guys when the iPhone 10 came out, I'm like, I hope that people don't buy it just to prove if, if people go out crazy and buy it, it just gives every other company a reason to raise their prices. And that's what happened. Exactly. Yeah. Every other company raised their prices. And so it, it there had to come a point where that that idea had to collapse. Like in the case of the iPad, you know, people bought iPads and, you know, the market went up crazy initially and they were affordable and everything and all that was great. But then there came a point where people realized that they don't need a different iPad every year. Yeah. And so that's the thing. If, if they're going to buy a phone for that amount of money, they're not going to upgrade every year. It doesn't matter. Like their uh, iPhone upgrade program only works in the United States. Mm -hmm. They need that everywhere if they want. Like I like that upgrade program because you get free. You get Apple Care pretty much for free. Uh, Apple Care Plus uh, if you do the math. But it's like, God, dude, that the price was just stupid. And if you notice, like iPads grew in sales for the first time in like four years. Max grew in sales significantly in comparison to the past, but then iPhones, which make up 65% of Apple's income, are down 15%. And that that was an accident waiting to happen. It was just going to happen. Yeah. And not to not to discredit any of the reasons that Apple or rather Tim Cook are trying to like sort of give here, but there are a lot of different reasons being given for the fact that the, the actual products themselves can't be brought down in price. This other story that we have here has to do with screws. Literally, it has to do with the fact that um, this this very special screw that was supposed to go into the Ma uh, the iMac Pro uh, either did not they didn't get enough of them or they're too special to be able to to, to, to be made. Uh, there were also thoughts about uh, labor costs out in China, um, and even though all of this is uh, is a factor, um, what they were trying to say with the iMac Pro also is that it was supposed to be made in the U.S. So of course that would also make labor costs, you know, a little bit more, Even a little more extravagant. Mm -hmm. um, so there are well, so well, many reasons that are kind of coming out for all Apple products as to why why the prices are so high, whether it be carrier subsidies. Jules just said in our chat right now that the iPhone XR at a Japanese carrier was still going for twelve hundred dollars. Like we're in a very we're in a very special part of the world in the case that we can actually look at the market from a particular standpoint, but we don't have the experience that people in Japan, people in Korea, people in China have. The, the problem is this: um, in the in the case of Apple, <clears throat> then you have companies like Xiaomi who will teach you that if you make so much. So here's the thing: Apple has an advantage <clears throat> that every other Android OEM doesn't have unless they're based in China, and it's called they own the store. They get. 30% cut for anything that's sold in that app store. And so Xiaomi has proven that they can completely remain profitable and make good money by selling phones almost at a cost and making the money from their, their software services. Mm. So why is Apple 
The problem is not how much it costs. The problem is how much they want in how much they want to make out of each product, how much uh, profit they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apple Apple really needs to drop their profit projections, man. Like their profit projections are like higher than certain companies than certain countries uh external uh, what is like what is their external debt. Mm. Like their profit numbers are are crazy stupid. You know, yeah. and so obviously they look great in front of investors and everything, but you know, it's just they they either drop their profit margins and accept the fact that they're already making good money out of software services, or they're this is just this is bear in mind this is just qu quarter number two after the launch. Can you imagine how quarter three and four are going to be before the next iPhone? For sure. Um. Okay, so we also have. Oh, sorry. <laughs> See, this is such a while. I while I queue up our next story, TK and Max. I want to make sure we get your thoughts on these uh, projections. Um, <clears throat> so, whatever thoughts that you have on Apple's sort of fall from grace, perhaps, but just in the very least, their revenue drops. Well, I'll I, I can chime in just real quick, TK, and I'll, no, no, I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, but personally, I just think they made their phones too expensive. Um. When all of the rumors that were they were circling before the uh, the 10s was announced, I really genuinely thought they were going to price the 10s at 899 because I thought that would be a decent starting price. And then you get the 10s Max for 999. That mm -hmm. would give iPhone 10 buyers an incentive to spend another thousand dollars to get a bigger screen. I mean, somewhat of an incentive. I mean, it's still not much of an upgrade, but regardless, like they would at least get a bigger screen, a bigger battery. Um, but I think they just set themselves up for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they keep charging more and more for their phones. I, I'm sure they realize that they have to charge less in order to convince people to buy them. But for some reason, they're just not doing that, and I don't understand why. But go ahead, TK. I yeah, no, no, I'm I, I'm with you. I think the the reach for the sky approach that we've been going year after year ever since last year with the first thousand dollar phone, and then now we obviously see more and more people following. The, the Jaime's point as well. Yeah, when when people buy it, you're validating their assumption. But mm -hmm. the reality is a 799 is not an affordable phone. The 10R right now is free. You can get it actually included in a plan because that, that's the way to get it to go. Um, I, I think the, the market will normalize. I think realistically, you're right, uh, you know, JV, in the U.S., we are in that certain subsidy area. I mean, I, I love being on Jump on Demand, be able to afford, mm, you know, yeah. a $1,200 phone because I'm not going to pay $1,200 for a phone. Same way Jaime said it, it's just too expensive. But I lease my phone and I jump from one phone to another, and that just justifies it for me. So I mm -hmm. hope, uh, I hope this is a good learning experience that they can actually start normalizing a little bit, realizing we've gone too far. We need to just adjust it and keep our market our market share where it is. There's no way for them to take over the entire market. Android is already strong enough. This is something they need to kind of just the numbers will make them realize it. Well, Jaime you know touched what? upon the fact that uh, expectations from Apple themselves need to be measured, yeah. but it seems that the entire market also might need to <laughs> reevaluate their expectations because but it seems that it seems that there are a lot of uh, analysts out there who are overcorrecting. Uh, maybe the hype for the iPhones were still very, very high, and the thing is that kind of sustainability that 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 kind of hype is not sustainable year, 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 year after year, and this year that proved to be the case. So. Um, no, and, and, and here's the thing, like uh, I was recently in um, I was recently in MediaTek headquarters um, a couple of months ago. And for me, it was really interesting that there is still a huge there's a billion. Th their mentality is like we're working for the next billion. 
the next mm -hmm. billion users that are not in the United States. They're in India and in Africa. Mm -hmm. Uh, these people, like right now, the idea is to get as many people connected as possible. And so a lot of companies are not even investing. They're not even going crazy over what Apple's going for. And the problem is, like, there are countries going through recessions right now. Like, even China's economy is not at its best. So what exactly was Apple expecting? I, I thought that the iPhone 10 was going to be like, all right, we it's been 10 years. We spent so much in R&D. And just like in the first iPhone, this phone was... $500 plus a two-year contract. You guys remember what the first iPhone was. Yeah. What did they do? That was actually, if you if you look into the history, the first generation iPhone was only costing that for like four months. That was, the launch was in June. Like they, the announcement was in January, the launch was in June. By the music event in September, they dropped the price to $399 plus a two-year yep. contract. Yep. Okay, and then... For the launch, uh, and they killed the four gigabyte model. They sticked only to the eight gigabyte model for four ninety nine plus a two year contract. And then by the launch of the iPhone three G, they went to two. It was one. Was it one ninety nine or two ninety nine plus a two year contract? TK. It was the one ninety nine with the three the two year contract. That was their biggest. One ninety nine. Yep. And so, I get it. You invested so much in R and D. The first phone had to be expensive. Fine, but there was no reason for the iPhone four S to be just as expensive. I feel that Apple was like, all right, you know what? Let's just keep the iPhone 8, which is a good phone. I actually recommend the iPhone 8. Let's launch the 10R. Uh, but it's just, they, they, I love that this is happening. Honestly, I'm sorry, but I have to say it. I love that this is happening because this is what's going to teach companies. Come on, guys. Come on. Fair enough. And um, just to give one last note on that uh, final piece, <clears throat> or the most recent one, uh, that last piece, that the projection is that for the second half of this year, things are going to get better because you have things like summer discounts and all these deals. But the thing is, there, this is such a complicated issue for Apple and also for just consumers in general, because like we said earlier, we are probably the ones who will get those kinds of discounts in a heavily subsidized area of the world. Meanwhile, in places like Asia, India, all those other places, there may not even be those kinds of deals. So it's still going to be the same problem even with those projected uh, uh, increases in revenue. That's one problem. And the other problem is that because Apple has decided to not provide numbers of how many products they've sold, only revenue, this is coming back to bite them. Because obviously, if they provide these discounts, if you do the math and you look at how much Apple has sold when it comes to uh, uh, iPhone sales, obviously there is this like high, this, there's a spike during the third quarter. Mm -hmm because of the because of the iPhone and then there's there's a natural drop because the mar there are new phones coming out the product is on its it's on its low end of the cycle it, during the low end of the cycle it's not like if it, like the numbers are already there of the amount of people that buy so that number is not going to change they're just going to make less money out of those phones because of the discounts if they do accept to do the discount so it's it's I don't think it's going to happen. Analysts have been proven to be completely wrong with the iPhone XS all year. <laughs> all year. Yeah. Well, we'll see how the adjustments actually happen. Okay, yeah. so we have one final one. I love that Jaime is so fired up. I'm going to start with Max on this one. Um, Max, Facebook, yes, Facebook approaches you, says, we're going to pay you a little bit of money every single month. All you got to yeah. do, all you got to do is install this particular app that we want you to install and just use it. Just use it every month, and we will give you, in this case, it says $20 a month. That was back in 2016. Uh, let's say now uh, you find out, or rather, uh, even though you opted into this app and you know that it was tracking your data, now it's a big deal. How do you react to that kind of thing? Um, 
probably with anger <laughs> and resentment towards Facebook, which would probably result into me deleting the app from my phone and Facebook as a whole. Yeah. So I that's, didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's 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 exactly what we're talking about here. So this is the story I was talking about that actually made it onto network television. It actually made it onto a lot of newspapers and publications. Uh, TechCrunch rather reported that since 2016, the company was distributing a data sucking VPN. Look at that that oxymoron. You said VPN. All right. (laughs) In the form of a Facebook research app for both major phone platforms, Android and iOS. So what they were told, what Facebook was telling people was that they were recruiting users aged 13 to 35 to join. It was an opt-in type of deal, and they were being paid $20 a month to use the app. Here's the thing. It was tracking every little thing you did on your phone. It was tracking your data inside and out. Um, And Apple caught wind. Not only did they catch wind of it, they actually took that VPN off of their uh, app store. And um, I'll just go ahead and mention these two things real quick. Uh, they actually disabled all of its internal applications for employees who actually work at Apple who could have potentially gotten into this VPN program. Obviously, we have companies like Apple and Google who track already, because you're an employee of theirs, everything that's happening. You don't want anybody else to be tracking the same exact stuff. Unreleased applications, um, under... Communications, embargoed Communications, exactly. Embargo and NDAs. Um, so Apple not only did that for their internal applications, they also did they also did so for Google applications. But very recently, they did bring back um, the uh, certificate for Google applications on their on, um, on their platform. So I think right now my main question is in terms of privacy, and I don't even have an actual question. I just want to know if all of you are what your reactions are to this, and the fact that it became such a hot story, such a big story that affected kind of everybody in a way, because now we're seeing that a big company like Facebook, who has already had such problems, is still doing crap. Is <laughs> still doing it, this kind of stuff. It's it's just it's very. It's the same reaction. I mean, when you think about the fact is, yeah, exactly. It's you. Do, you don't know what you're getting into, even though you thought you're getting into something simple. It's not mm-hmm. just standard, and, and and there's just the implications because then you're like trying to remember, like, what did I talk about? Uh, what kind of information did I have on my system at the time? And specifically, if you use your phone at work, exactly. Apple and Google would both be very, very upset if some leaks could have happened during that time. So I think it's the amount of ways that Google that Facebook has. <laughs> Uh, to be able to actually collect data on us, not only through Facebook, through, through Instagram now. Um, it bugs me, you know, when I get notifications in my Instagram application for my, you know, Facebook notifications. So that to me is just uh, the reach. So it's always surprising to see how far would they go. But just not being, you know, upfront about the fact that, that they're tracking way more. It, I mean, even with permissions, they, you know, users should have been aware of what, the, what they're opting, what they're giving up for that 20 bucks a month. And I think Facebook was actually saying that they they made their users aware of it. Um, they were never secretive about the fact that it was actually tracking data that was on the phone. But you know, when you think about the general consumer, number one, they're being paid to use an app. You're, you're probably going to say yes to that. <laughs> number yeah. two, do you ever actually, when you go into the Play Store, for example, um, or even the App Store, and you press install, and that whole spiel comes up that says you know all the things that it does, do you actually even read it? And like, you know, it kind of plays, in my opinion, this is the reason why I'm a little bit upset about it. It plays upon the naivete of the general consumer. And also, it's not that Facebook was being secretive about the fact that it tracked data. They found a way around a couple of uh, the certificates in the Apple App Store. Um, So the 
the uh, the the thing is that it actually broke the rules of Apple's TOS uh, oh, because wow. all because all applications are supposed to have certificates um, and are supposed to have pri- uh, privacy policies. Um, so, well, yeah. but the thing about it is those certificates are limited. If you're a developer, uh, you have a limited amount of certificates that you can distribute. And so that's the thing. It's, it's, it's not... All right. All I can say about this whole Facebook thing is uh, I think the correct word that you mentioned originally is nefarious. It's just <laughs> like, yes, you did disclose it. Yes, you did tell it. But why? Like. It, it like I, I don't think that there had that there's proof of a more desperate company. I think the word is desperate than Facebook. Like it's it's crazy the amount of stupidity. Like I I've been wanting to kill Facebook for the longest time because it's literally gossip central in that in Latin America. That's just the way it is. But it's just it's it's sad to see that they are willing to ask consumers to be part of something like this. Mm-hmm. Like seriously. Like, mm-hmm. are you really that desperate? Are you really that needy? Are your developers and your engineers so inept that they are not able to figure these things out on their own? They have to get consumers to provide their private data, photography, their messaging. Like, seriously, you need that? You guys can't do a better job? That, that's the way I see it. I, I honestly am, I don't think, <laughs> I think the word is pissed. It's just, I'm so happy. Like, for example, my son does not use Facebook. I love that a lot of the, you know, a lot of the newer generation millennials don't use Facebook. That's good. I love that they don't. I'm just, right now, I'm really sad that they also own Instagram and WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because, because those are two services that were great before Facebook and that I've chosen to continue using just because, like, for example, they, they kept a lot of their leadership. And so these apps continued on their on their way of being. But oh my god, man! I, I don't know. Honestly, I I don't I don't recommend people use this service anymore. It's terrible. Well, how about Honestly, this? How about this wrinkle in the story? Uh, and Max, I want to get your thoughts on both Facebook and this next part. Apparently, Google was doing something similar. Yeah, no, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Google apparently was uh, kind of skirting these certificates, these enterprise certificates. Um, and even though Apple and Google have started to work together to figure out how to fix that kind of thing, Google also said themselves that you know we we it was a mistake for us to kind of you know uh, not adhere to the TOS to the uh, uh, to Apple's enterprise program mm-hmm. but um, the app has been disabled and we're working with Apple to like fix where those mistakes occurred we've also been very upfront with users about the way that we use their data from this app the thing is like yeah Google's kind of doing the same thing as well Apple's Apple for once is is sort of policing these kinds of things um, but Max uh, thoughts from you about this whole privacy issue um so first of all, I think it's completely insane that both Google and Facebook even considered building an app that would install this certificate on your phone that they they had to know it was in violation of Apple's terms of service, right? Mm. I mean, am I am I the only one here that doesn't, you know, that thinks that way? Well, well, I mean, come on. You have to build the app. Like, it's, right. it's like how That's long is it going to take you to build the app? Of course you know that it either violates or it doesn't. Exactly. It's, it's, they, they can't argue ignorance. Come on, man. Yeah. But, exactly. the thing is, but the thing is, this is not an isolated incident. There are people figuring out that uh, apps like Amazon, DoorDash, Sonos, they have the same certificate issue. <laughs> so it's not it's not really an isolated event. So I'm not I'm not trying to say that the producers of the apps have, like, they were negligent or anything like that, but in a way, it's kind of possible, don't you think? 
Yeah, it's no, it's absolutely. It's the whole thing just kind of bewilders me because, um, you know, why, why would what do they need the apps in the first place? Like, why do they need all of this data? Like, I mean, just whenever, like, a privacy spill or whatever, you know, uh, a data leak, what have you, uh, whenever something like that happens, I'm like, what are you guys leaking? You're leaking photos and videos and stuff that, you know, dumb people around Facebook have uploaded. So, it just it bewilders me why they need all of this information on you in the first place. Just, just go and build an app that they know is in violation of Apple's terms of service. To build that and ask people, hey, we'll pay you if you install this on your phone so we can collect this data. I'm like, what are you going to use this data for anyway? Yeah, that's so. always been that's always been my my stance when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, it's one thing to opt in to have your data tracked. What I want to know is what you're going to use it for. And that's almost right. never answered. That question is almost never answered. Like, oh no, it's not. Like yeah. they'll ask your permission. That's why you know, both Google and Apple they're improving the way that apps ask you permission to like use your location, uh, use a bunch of different sensors on your phone, use your camera. Like mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that uh, Marquez did a Marquez Brownlee MKBHD. If you don't already know for some reason. <laughs> he did a video. Uh, well, you know, he he, but he did a video on the uh, the Vivo Next. Familiar. I think it's called the Vivo Next, right? With the the pop up camera. Yeah, the Next. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay, you so did a good video on yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I think this was a good representation of how unprivate Facebook is. Whenever he would open up the Facebook app on the phone, the, the camera would camera would pop up. <laughs> Are you serious? I didn't yes. see that part. Yes. If you go to whatever video it is, how I guess you have to scroll back probably a year. I guess it's been a year since then. Probably but if you go, it's like a few minutes into the video, he says, "Oh, and also, if you open up the Facebook app, the camera starts popping up." So it just that makes you concerned about your privacy, and then it just moves on. But mm -hmm. I think that goes to show you, you know, just what Facebook wants to do with your phone and how much data it wants to collect from you. So like. Even if you don't deliberately take a selfie, you're kind of giving Facebook selfies <laughs> yeah. every time you open up the app. It's like yeah. a shutter button. It is. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I should have the. Uh, we should. Tr we should all test that out. I think most of us in this chat right now have uh, the Find X. We should try it out with that. I don't have it with me right now. I'll have it next. I week. don't have it. Period. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll bust mine out because I'm using it for a piece that I'm that I'm filming a little bit later after this cast. Um, after lunch rather but yeah the that, that's i always go back to the same thing like you know there are some answers to what this data is being used for and of course that's targeted ads that's targeted marketing stuff like that which that's they already sure. do which they already do so they keep in mind it's not like they're lacking on the data point there exactly so they they do that already and we all have those stories where facebook is already tracking you in certain ways or google is tracking you in certain ways and that's the reason why if i say the word meditation once all of a sudden on my Instagram app, I have products for meditation. And it's like, it's, Everywhere. It, it's creepy, right? It, it is creepy. But at the same time, if you have the knowledge of knowing that that's the reason why they're using it, and if that's the only reason, right. I would actually kind of be okay with it. But sure. we don't know. Aware of it. That's the You're problem. Aware of it. it's, yeah. the, it's the knowledge. It's not, it's not being done in the background. And, you know, exactly like you said, it, it's just knowing. You can mm -hmm. opt for something as long as you know what you're opting for, not just a blank statement, carte blanche, come in and do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. But like it's it what I'm okay with is the stuff that they show on the surface. So when you install an app, it asks you, Can I use your location? Can I use your your contacts? All that yep. kind of stuff. The stuff you see on the surface that they ask permission for. I'm okay with that. 
I'm trying to figure out why you need to install the certificate on my phone. What other data are you going to record? Because you've already shown me a bunch of stuff in prompts before I open up the app for the first time. So what else do you need from me that you're going to pay me $20 a month for? Yeah. Like that's, that's what's crazy to me. Yeah. That's where the term nefarious comes from because they're just like, ah, yes. there's no, be- yeah, exactly. There's no better way of knowing that somebody doesn't like, there's, there's no better way of knowing that someone has like weird intentions in mind than when they pay you for it. <laughs> Trust me, man. Like, Trust me, bro. It'll, it'll be fine, bro. It, it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a, somebody, a, it's, a, it's like somebody asking me to like co-sign a car for them. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'll yeah. give you 500 bucks. Like, no, like I'm not going to do I'm, that. I'm good for it, man. I'm good for it. Just sign on the dot. <laughs> exactly. It's okay. I'll make all the I'm, payment. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going through my privacy settings just to make sure that my camera's not active on Facebook. Like, what the? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no. And you know what? It's funny because, like, you were telling us about this during CES, Jaime, that you wanted to kill Facebook for good. And that's the and and what I found funny is that you still wanted. Well, you found it funny too. Is that you want to kill Facebook, but you're still using WhatsApp, and that's like your number one app. But but yeah. But the thing about it is, like, in in Latin America, we don't use text messaging like at all, like zero. Nobody. You get texts from like shoot, like WhatsApp is the text messaging service here. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. It's also in Europe. Yep. And so, obviously, I've been using WhatsApp since it was WhatsApp, since it didn't belong to Facebook. Yep. And so, call that, of like just like people say, oh, iMessage for iPhone, okay. WhatsApp is like a very big deal breaker, not just for me. Like, how else would I communicate with people here? That's the problem. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> this is something that we'll bring up in another show, potentially, especially if we do a deep dive into this kind of privacy stuff. But again, we talked a little bit earlier about how we live in a very specific part of the world where things like privacy, things like even carrier subsidies are a thing and not so much everywhere else. I, I present Exhibit A of what this kind of future might look like, WeChat. WeChat controls everything in in, in uh, technological China. And exactly. everyone there, you opt in by installing that app, but everyone can't live without it. It, it does everything from sending uh, sending in your uh, your money to other people to actually paying for things in stores. Like when Isa and I were in Shenzhen one time, we were using WeChat to communicate with our friends who are there. But then we actually went to a place to buy tea and we paid for it using WeChat. Like... This is probably the that is probably the future that some of these companies are looking for um, to actually have that kind of control over it. And Um, and one of the things that worries me is that I think that the app that is closest to achieving that is Instagram or WhatsApp. Like, I think that these are the two apps that have the most potential to become WeChats. Yeah. Jules just brought up even <laughs> in the, I mean, an even darker. Is this Black Mirror all of a sudden? China is <laughs> testing a social credit system with constant monitoring of its system. Uh, of yeah, its I read about that part. Yeah, no, no, exactly. J- judging and grading and rating other people's uh, social mm-hmm. stature and their trustworthiness, their credit worthiness. It's like, wow. Okay. That's yeah. Next level. And Having other our, people judge you. Yeah. And then one of our, uh, one of our chat comments uh sorry that we haven't been in the chat more this has been one hell of a show um <laughs> these are all deep fakes from connor these are all deep fakes none of these faces are real um yeah that's i don't know if anybody has even like dived into the world of deep fakes yet that could also be something that facebook is trying to use that's why the camera comes out they want to get more of your <laughs> face you <laughs> and start deep faking you you know like we being public figures all of us we probably i don't know jaime i'm pretty sure you might have but like have you ever had like an account on Facebook tried to impersonate you? I have. I have in Twitter. 
Okay, Twitter. I had it on and Facebook. Twitter. It was super creepy. And imagine if the deep fake like stuff actually happened on that on that. So it's actually really um convincing. Yeah. So all of this is so crazy and it opens up a whole Pandora's box of like implications and whatnot. Um and I'm trying to figure out how to wrap this without without it being so depressing. <laughs> it's Friday. Happy Friday, people. It's true. Just, TGIF, everybody. Exactly. Go get some ribs at your favorite restaurant. Um, <laughs> or celebrate Chinese New Year. Like, you you know, as you mentioned before, you know, it's it, it's a good time. Spend some time with the family. Even if you don't celebrate Chinese New Year, it's a great time. to just Yeah, and upload all your photos onto WeChat and <laughs> during Chinese New Year. <laughs> share that with I only upload mine to Facebook. Oh, yeah. then you're good. No, I, I heard good stuff. There's no way out. There's uh, there's honestly just no way out. And on that, uh, I've been watching a lot of the Grand Tour on uh, on Amazon recently, and the way that they end on that massive disappointment. That's it for the weekly. <laughs> Our theme music is Bloom by Minerva, courtesy of a royalty free license with Argo Fox. You can learn more in this episode's description. Follow our crew on Twitter. As long as you know it's the real people on Twitter, not these deep fakes. Our producer Jules Wong is at Point Jules. TK is at I love this one. TK DSL eight six five. <laughs> Jaime is at Jaime underscore Rivera. Max is at I love this one too. Legendary Scoop. I love that. That's such a cool, such a cool handle. Oh, thank you. And I am, of course, JV Tech T. You know me. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. Pocket Now is at Pocket Now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube in English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the Pocket Now Daily and Pocket Now Adadio every weekday. Catch up on what the weekly's talking about at pocketnow.com slash podcast. And also, make sure you make your voices heard by emailing us, podcast at pocketnow.com. I want to start seeing some more like long form responses, by the way. Everyone get into the conversation and we want to actually read what you guys are thinking about when it comes to all of these topics, especially on a show like today's uh, that had a lot of really heavy stuff to talk about. We would also certainly appreciate your feedback through reviews and ratings on Google, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you might be streaming us. Because without you, we would not have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for now seven years straight. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> Jules, what the heck? <laughs> Stay real, deep fakes, and we'll talk to you oh. next week. break i need a refill this is how you know it's definitely the break a- asmr a la pocket now i know right <laughs> p-, p and asmr exactly um all right cool so let's there's a siren behind me let's wait for it real quick okay all right